0: Hello and welcome to the Greenfield Baptist Sermons podcast. Each week we will be uploading the Focus Scripture and Sermon from Greenfield Baptist Church in Northeast Pennsylvania. Thank you for joining us and enjoy. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for today. Thank you for a new day. Thank you for the sun that was hiding behind the clouds. Thank you for the crisp fall air Thank you for another day to be with your people. Lord, we pray that you would lift us up with your word this morning. You would help us to seek you over all things. Your precious and holy name we pray. Amen. All right. This morning we are in Psalm 40. If you want to flip and turn to be with us. It says, I waited patiently for the Lord. He turned to me and heard my cry. He lifted me out of the slimy pit, out of the mud and the mire. He set my feet on a rock and gave me a firm place to stand. He put a new song in my mouth, a hymn of praise to our God. Many will see and fear and put their trust in the Lord. Blessed is the man who makes the Lord his trust, who does not look to the proud, who does not turn aside to false gods. Many, O Lord, are the wonders you have done. The things you planned for us no one can recount to you. Were I to speak and tell of them, there would be too many to declare. Sacrifice and offering you did not desire, but my ears you have pierced, burnt offerings and sin offerings. You did not require. And I said, Here I am, I have come. It is written about me in the scroll. I desire to do your will, O my God. Your law is within my heart. I proclaim righteousness in the great assembly. I do not seal my lips, as you know, O Lord. I do not hide your righteousness in my heart. I speak of your faithfulness and salvation. I do not conceal your love and your truth from the great assembly. Do not withhold your mercy from me, O Lord. May your love and your truth always protect me. For troubles without number surround me. My sins have overtaken me and I cannot see. They are more than the hairs of my head and my heart fails within me. Be pleased, O Lord, to save me. O Lord, come quickly to help me. May all who seek to take my life be put to shame and confusion. May all who desire my ruin be turned back in disgrace. May those who say to me, aha, aha, be appalled at their own shame. May all who seek you rejoice and be glad in you. May those who love your salvation always say, the Lord be exalted. Yet I am poor and needy; may the Lord think of me. You are my help and my deliverer. Oh my God, do not delay. Okay. Wonderful. Glad to hear that. I'm going to sneak in. and I am going to grab not a hymnal. I'm going to grab one oh, of these. It's like a pen. <laughs> no, not a pen. I left my Bible in the office this morning, and I could have run away, but that would have been weird. You know, okay, I'm gonna start the sermon and then I just leave. That I don't know. That doesn't seem. Thank you. Yeah, I also forgot water. I haven't finished all my coffee yet this morning, which might be why I forgot the water in the Bible. Do yeah. I need a mountain dew? Do I need a? No, no. I'm a coffee guy. But thank you, thank you. I have some stash <laughs> hey. often, I He's got a holster. Anyway. No, it's okay. That's okay. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. How are we doing this morning? I'm worn. You're worn. Sometimes that's where we're at in life. That's. I think that that's why this psalm is such a good choice in the middle of Thanksgiving. To remember that we still need to give thanks during the hard day. We'll, we'll get into uh, why I had the, well, I guess it wasn't quicksand. I guess it was a dry sand pit, uh, if you listen to the explanation uh, from Professor Jones there. But that's why I had that uh, little clip there. They're sinking. They didn't have a rope and a snake. Ugh. Not a fun day. Not a fun place to be. Probably not what they signed up for. Sometimes life is not necessarily what you sign up for. And we've got to wait patiently in those hard times. It's the word patiently that really gets me. though. I don't like waiting patiently. I don't know if you like waiting patiently, but I mean, that's, that's one of the joys about the day and age we live in. Our internet is so fast, I can upload the hour-long sermon in 10 minutes? Yeah. Oh, it's slick. That's that's video too. Like HD video. Oh, it's it's prime. Speaking of prime, Amazon Prime, you can order anything and anything, everything, under the sun and have it mailed to your door. It doesn't mean you should. It doesn't mean you should. That's true. <laughs> that's true. But for what, 20 bucks a month? You can have almost instant access to anything that you can afford with a credit card. That's kind of scary. Well, yes, or not afford, but that's, that's why I mentioned credit card there. Because theoretically, pretty much anything you can charge to a piece of plastic, you can have at your door in two days. We don't really have to wait patiently for a whole lot of things. Now, there are some things you don't get a choice in waiting for. Like... Uh, For me, I have not been waiting patiently for my 2019 tax refund from the IRS. I gave them my money, but I gave them more money than was apparently due to them. And they have been very slow at returning that to me. I have not been very patient in waiting for that. I don't know if you guys remember the old J.G. Wentworth commercials, but I'm thinking it's my money and I need it now, right? (laughs) Right? (laughs) but I got to wait I've called them several times I've had Steve fax them things I've had Steve call them there's nothing he or I can do we can't go to their office and knock on their door and say well you said four weeks and then come back four weeks later after they say well it's going to be another four weeks well it's going to be another four weeks I don't know how many times I've heard that. I've heard it too many times, if you ask me. But we got to wait patiently. And that's what David's saying. He's waiting patiently. I like this little quote there that I found. I don't remember where I found it. But it says, patience is not the ability to wait, but the ability to keep a good attitude while waiting. Ugh. It's not fun to wait, especially when you're waiting in quicksand when you're stuck in the mire. Verses 1 and 2, it says, I waited patiently for the Lord. He turned to me and heard my cry. He lifted me out of the slimy pit, out of the mud and the mire. He set my feet on a rock and gave me a firm place to stand. So what mire do you feel caught up in today? my first question for you to think about. It's on the back of your Connect card if you grab one. Think about it. We we all get caught up in things. Whether you're stressed, whether you're worried, whether you had a car broke down, a family problem, and stuff going on at work. You might be mourning the death of a loved one. You might be in dire financial straits because everything is closed down and that included your workplace for a period of months. We all get caught up in things. So what are you caught up in today? Next thing it says is that, he, that the Lord lifted him up and set him on a rock, gave him a firm place to stand. He put a new song in my mouth, a hymn of praise to our God. Many will see and fear and put their trust in the Lord. Blessed is the man who makes the Lord his trust and does not look to the proud, to those who turn aside to false gods. That's 2 through 4. I didn't put it up there. But I did put up a Bible passage that it made me think of. As, as I was reading through this and thinking about being stuck in the muck and the mire and the versus being set on a solid rock, it made me think of the parable of the wise builder and the foolish builder. So I went to Luke chapter six. If you want to flip along, you can. You don't have to. I won't make you, but I think it's advisable so that you know that I'm not just making stuff up. All right it says, "I will show you what he is like who comes to me and hears my words and puts them into practice. He is like a man building a house who dug down deep and laid the foundation on rock. When a flood came, the torrent struck that house, but could not shake it. It is well built. But the one who hears my words and does not put them into practice is like a man who built a house on the ground without a foundation. The moment the torrent struck that house, it collapsed, and its destruction was complete." If your life isn't built on a good foundation, if you haven't been saved by the Lord from that muck and mire and set you on the solid rock, your life could fall apart. Heck, sometimes even when we're on that solid foundation, it still feels like we're falling apart. Now, you might not be, but it feels that way. as a as a kind of example of that i don't know how many of you guys have old garages i have i have an old garage it's standing it keeps my car out of the snow it keeps most of the little vermin out uh, but i've i'll be honest i had to go through with a couple cans of great stuff you know the big expanding foam insulation hit the little holes in the ground and I couldn't get all of them because the ground isn't really level in all the places and so the garage door doesn't hit it quite level and sometimes when the temperature changes it moves a little bit the floor now it's not falling over it's not it's not a bad garage like I said it keeps my car out of the snow it keeps the rain out it it does all the things that a garage really needs to do. But you wouldn't want it to be your house. You would want your house, especially if it's a tall house, like the, the house that I have, that the church has so wonderfully blessed me with. It's a big house. It's pretty tall. It's got two stories and a third, if you count the finished attic. You wouldn't want a foundation like is holding up my garage to hold up my house. So there there is a little bit of a difference there. Again, it's not falling over, and it does what it needs to do. But it's not the kind of foundation you want to build a house on either. When you're building a foundation for a house, you want to dig down deep. You want to have it well-established. You want to have it on a firm rock. You want your life to be established on a firm rock. Because the thing is, when they poured that garage, I'm sure it looked wonderful. I'm sure it was flat. I'm sure it was even. I'm sure it looked nice and smooth. But over time, the ground settled a little bit and the rain came and went and there was freezing and thawing and the ground heaved a little bit. Now again, it's a garage. It's not a skyscraper. It doesn't need to have some crazy foundation, and it does what it needs to do. But for your life, for your house, for your household, if you are a leader in your family, you want a firm foundation so that you're not shifting when it gets cold, so that you're not letting in little mice. Actually, I get, I get moles more than I do mice in my garage. But what has the Lord delivered you from? We see that David was delivered from this muck in the mire and set on the solid ground. We know that our lives can be rescued from this muck, this mire, and set on a solid foundation. What has God saved you from? That house did not have a good foundation. As we keep going in this psalm, it says, many, O Lord my God, are the wonders you have done. The things you planned for us, no one can recount to you. Were I to speak and tell of them, they would be too many to declare. When I read that, I immediately thought of the way that John ends his gospel. When he talks about Jesus and all the wonderful miracles he did, he said he did so many things that if every one of them were written down, I I think it would probably take up every book in the whole world and there wouldn't be room for it all. You know what's kind of crazy about that? How long was Jesus' ministry? Three years, yeah, give or take, three years. Now, this is a challenging thing that just kind of popped into my head as we were saying, okay, he was, he was here for three years. And Jesus said that when he left his disciples, it would be better for them because the helper would be bestowed on them, the Holy Spirit, and they would be able to go out and do all these wonderful things. If Jesus' ministry was three years... My next question for you guys, which isn't on your Connect cards, but think about this. How long have you been a Christian? And how has the Holy Spirit worked through you? If the Holy Spirit is in you, you have the ability to go out and change the world. Jesus' ministry was three years long, and look at the impact that it's had. Three years Now, I I recognize that none of us are Jesus. I'm not trying to say that, you know, you're going to go out and start a new religion. You shouldn't go out and start a new religion. I'm going to say that right now. Please do not go out and start any cults. (laughs) I know, Kenny. (laughs) That's where all the money's at, right? And And other things, yes, but we won't go there. But what I'm saying is if the Lord gave us that same Holy Spirit that Jesus had, that his disciples had, what wonderful ways we could bless those around us and should bless those around us. I'm going to skip a couple verses here simply because it's, it's a little bit long to go through verse by verse by verse, but I highly encourage you to sit down and read Psalm forty. In its entirety. I just didn't want to bore you because this isn't a college lecture. This is a sermon. And there's a difference. And there should be a difference. I'm not going to quiz you guys at the end. so yeah, And I'm not taking attendance. Verse 11. Do not withhold your mercy from me, O Lord. May your love and your truth always protect me for troubles without number surround me. My sins have overtaken me. I cannot see. They are more than the hairs of my head and my heart fails within me. Now this is the part of the sermon where I could joke that Dan is holier than I am because I got more hair. But in all seriousness, There are times where our sin can be overwhelming. Where you recognize, where you see it in your life, and you think, is that me? Did, Did I do that? You don't even want to admit it. You feel like dirty inside thinking about it. It's overwhelming. In the Old Testament... Back in those times, before Jesus had come and sacrificed himself for us, there wasn't a sacrifice for intentional sin. He went out and did something wrong on purpose. There wasn't a sacrifice for that. Now, there, there was sins for, like, the sins of the nation. It might theoretically be encompassed in that. But those things that you went out and you did on purpose, in a malicious way, because it felt good, because you wanted to. There wasn't a sacrifice for that. There was ones of thanksgiving, there was ones of praise, there was ones of if you accidentally did something, and by accidentally did something, there was a long, big list of things you could accidentally do, ranging from um, one of your wild farm animals, well, not wild farm, because that's an oxymoron, one of your, thank you, yes, Um, one of your crazy farm animals, How's that? Okay. I got, I got an okay from Veronica on that one. One of your crazy farm animals going out and killing your next door neighbor to really just about anything. Construction accidents, going out and unrecognizably touching something that made you dirty, which could be any number of things. There were sacrifices for all of those things. But if you went out and you did something on purpose, there wasn't. So imagine for a moment, it doesn't give us a context for what happened with this particular psalm. But imagine for a moment that this was a little while after the Bathsheba thing. Or maybe after Absalom was going out and running amok. And David was seeing all this fallout of his sins all around him. Now again, it doesn't necessarily give us a context. It just says that it is a psalm of David. So we can't precisely say, here's everything that was going on at that time, everything that was in his head. But imagine how that would have felt knowing That there was all this chaos around you. All of your sins were out there for everyone to see. And there wasn't a thing he could do about it. That's heavy. So what do you do when you feel surrounded by your sins? Now I picked this like muddy little sheep with the long hair. Because it was talking about how our sins, well, how how his sins, outnumbered the hairs on his head. And I know I made the bald joke, but I think if we're counting our sins, we all look like this sheep. So what do you do? Fortunately, much like this psalm, if you kind of follow that same progression, we see that we are able to be lifted out of the muck and the mire. It says in Romans chapter 6, don't you know that when you offer yourselves to someone as obedient slaves, you are slaves to the ones you obey. So whether you're slaves to sin leads to death, or whether you are slaves to obedience, which leads to righteousness. You're a slave one way or the other. You're either a slave to your desires, to sin, to selfishness, to greed, to lust, or you're a slave to the Lord. But thanks be to God. Though you used to be slaves to sin, you have come to obey from your heart the pattern of of teaching that has now claimed your allegiance. You have been set free from sin and have become slaves to righteousness. We've been freed from that bondage, from that muck, from that mire. We've been plucked out and cleaned off and set on the path of righteousness. We've been given that firm foundation. Now, what is that firm foundation? Well, Ephesians tells us a little bit about that. It says, Now, therefore, you are no longer strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and the members of the household of God, having been built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being that cornerstone, in whom the whole building being fitted together Grows into a body temple, oh, into a holy temple, sorry, of the Lord, in whom you also are being built together for a dwelling place of God in the Spirit. So we're plucked out, we're given that salvation, we're cleaned off, and we're set together. Our foundation being Christ and the Scriptures. Our building being our unity in our faith, relying on one another. A building, while a foundation, is pivotal in keeping it up, a building also can't stand if it doesn't have any trusses. You're not really going to like your building if it doesn't have any walls. wouldn't really be much of a building that's more of a, what is it, a pergola? A pavilion, yeah. Or if it's just a roof, you've got a gazebo. That's not really a building, though. If it doesn't have any insulation, it's going to be cold. If you don't have any siding, it's probably going to be damp. If you don't have any electricity, it's going to be dark. It's not much of a building if you don't have different components in there holding it together. Now, you wouldn't have any building at all if you didn't have a foundation. It would just fall over, sink into the ground, like that big old house that we had On slide, I don't know, four or five. So we're plucked out, we're cleaned off, we're given that foundation. We have a place to belong, to hold us together and to hold us up. And that's the church. That's what we're here for. If you want to go back to Dan's hospital model, we're cleaned off for these broken people. It's like when they take repurposed lumber. It's a beautiful thing. It's gotten really trendy. Um, It's a great way to not actually have to chop down more trees. It's also a great way to make a lot of money if you find any shipwrecks. I'm serious. They'll charge you hundreds of dollars by the square foot, if I understand correctly. They'll take like shipwreck lumber and they'll sand it all off and make it all fancy. Yeah, it's a thing. Yeah, Salvage lumber. Um, You can go look it up. Yeah. so we're, we're, we're plucked out we're cleaned off we're given that foundation and we're rescued Romans 5.8 says but God demonstrates his own love for us in this while we were still sinners Christ died for us While we were in the muck and the mire, He took our place so that we wouldn't have to stay there. He took our place so that we could be made clean and made holy. And if you declare with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe. And are justified. And it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. No matter what position you're at, no matter how stuck you think you are, no matter how dirty or muddy or broken or worn out you feel, the Lord wants to rescue you. And what I think is the best thing about that, remember how I talked about waiting patiently earlier? Well, fortunately, Jesus already died and was risen again. So that one you can have instantly. As soon as you put your faith in the Lord. Now, that doesn't mean that all of the consequences of every bad thing you have ever done will be wiped off the face of the earth. But what it means is that at the end, when the Lord is taken account of what happened on this earth and in your life, He won't see you and your rap sheet. He'll see the name Jesus written in red. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for your love, for your mercy, for wanting to rescue us from the muck and the mire that we get ourselves into like a pig in slop. Lord, we lift up our church. We lift up each other. We thank you for the fact that you give us this place to be open, to be ourselves, to work together, to grow. Lord, I pray that if there's anyone here today who doesn't know your salvation, who feels like they're in the muck and the mire, feels all worn out, that they would come before you, recognizing you as Lord, so that they could start anew. Lord, we praise you for the nice warm building with the good foundation that we're in right now. We thank you for the company of believers that we have here. We thank you for the video call that we're going to have with the Huangs here in a little bit. The fact that we can be unified as a body of believers across the world. What a blessing. <laughs> we thank you for all of these things and so much more. Your precious and holy name. Amen.